Orale! Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. This is your host, Jorge Martin, Familia. You know what? It, it's 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 ahead of the offseason. We're a little bit past the fo- the free agency period. Talking about draft, but you know what? We've got some great content for you. And make sure you're giving us a like and subscribe on fam- you know following Familia FFP on YouTube. Familia, give us that thumbs up. Give us that like. Give us that subscribe. I've been seeing the numbers jumping up lately. I want to keep seeing them come up. Por favor, because I'm going to keep bringing you great guests like the one, the only, the invitado that we have coming up today. That I'm going to. Also, I introduce in a second. Also, I want to make sure you're going to fantasypoints.com, familia. Make sure you're getting your your subscription there. Get you know you're you're gonna you're st- there's still a discount. I'm gonna have a promo code pretty soon, hopefully, and uh, you know we get a little bit more of a discount. But uh, hey, you know what? Some of the best and the best out there: John Hansen, Joe Dolan, Graham Barfield. I mean, there's going to be some great great content coming up. And speaking of great content, familia. I, I'm just telling you, I, I, I am just telling you, you know, when it comes to, when I say todos somos familia, I say it every episode, it's people like this that I'm talking about, you know, and when I did my very first live stream for the Rum Boys a couple years ago, he was on there. He's been awesome ever since been, I mean, I've been a big fan of his, for some reason, he's been a big fan of mine. And I just, I, I can't tell you just the, the mad respect and and adoration and, and mad love that I've got for this guy. He's been a buen amigo, not just here, but just in real life. He's a compadre. And seriously, on beyond that, one of the most talented people, not only in this industry, but that I know. I mean, he's I heard him sing this past August at the Fantasy Football Expo and Familia. I mean, <laughs> this man brought it brought it i mean he's a talented musician you know his voice could convince you to buy anything from soap to salsa and his fantasy football analysis is as spot on distinctive and authoritative as his great voice the folks over at draft sharks they are lucky to have him and we're lucky to have him here so bienvenido to my buen amigo my compadre herms como estas hola muy bien y tu jorge y tu Oh man, you're here with me. You're here with me. Oh my God. Let me tell you, Familia, when it, when I went to the fantasy football expo and I, and someone, someone told me Herms is here and then I saw him come up and I was just like, I, I, I was, I was a little bit afraid I might, I might hurt him by squeezing him too hard by giving him a hug, but my amigo, oh, so good to see you. Sending you another one coast to coast. Oh, God. I can feel it. I can already feel it. Oh, such a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's so great to be here to talk to you about different stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, man. And I know and I, and I know you're going to uh, opening day tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be down in our nation's capital to watch probably the worst Major League Baseball team kick it off against the Braves. So at least I know there are going to be a lot of runs scored, just probably not for the Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it, there's something to be said. I, it, there's going to be some uh, players that are playing for individual performances that are going to be good. I mean, well, well, keep an eye on C.J. Abrams, that shortstop. He's wicked fast. He's like Devon, 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 Chain fast. He's Tyreek Hill fast. Oh man! So, oh, and uh, draft sharks, my brother. I mean, you landed there, and and it's been. It, I I mean, tell me, it's been uh, everything you've been wanting, wanting it to be. 
It's been incredible. I mean, I got to meet my coworkers in person for the first time uh, in February. We had a really cool, you know, company retreat, doing some fun stuff. And, you know, like it's 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 a good fit. You know, everybody's, you know, like super, you know, supportive in terms of, you know, just like encouraging each other's work, getting good feedback on each other's work and really collaborating super well as a group. So I think that's, you know, it's been a great experience. You know, like I know there are, you know, plenty of sites that have, you know, huge teams full of a bunch of people doing a bunch of different things. But the cool thing about Draft Sharks is that it's just a very, very small group of us at the core always working on stuff together and it's you know it's a very uh familia type environment so <laughs> oh man well you know what yeah you, you I, i'm sure you guys will hear a lot of todos somos familia there too so that's awesome that's awesome i i tell you there there are a few people that uh got such a universal hallelujah cheer standing ovation as when when herms went full-time and that's just that, blessing 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 so awesome awesome brother can't wait keep checking out his content familia so you know to find him at herms nfl on on twitter on the twitter machine but also draftsharks.com you're going to see all this stuff especially so much great fantasy football that I mean nfl draft content that's coming up i mean i i've i've chopped it up with him about the draft and the man knows his stuff it's it, it's yeah can't wait can't I, i've been i've been checking out your stuff i was just checking out your zach evans article the other day so uh yeah solid brother solid thank so, you since we're speaking of running backs you know the year two, I, I i wanted to bring on uh you know bring on guests talk about a year or two that that's such an important year you know, when it comes to running backs, it could be Jonathan Taylor, 2021, where he was the RB one last year, Ramondre Stevenson came, came out of, you know, what looked like a platoon. And he, he just became a guy the year two running back. When, when, when you look at it, how important is that year to a guy, you know, maybe even becoming fantasy viable for more than, for more than just a couple of years. Year two is so big. It's, it's it, well, not only from a fantasy perspective, man, but like I know I've read some stuff, you know, shout out the athletic, you know, really like reading their stuff, you know, like particularly, I mean, Najee Harris is the example that I get to use because I mean, I read a lot of Steelers content, but like even he admitted like after his first season, it was like, yo, dude, like I wasn't prepared for this. Like I got a condition different. I have to do some different stuff with like, you know, the distribution of my weight and muscles and stuff. And, you know, like the conditioning to, you know, prepare yourself for that level of competition. And then the fact that it's like if you can perform in year two after you've had a full season of like all these teams have tape on you now. This isn't just some merely hypothetical thing where we're just like, oh, we we saw this guy in college, but we've never seen him on an NFL field before. It's like if you can be super effective in year two now that everybody's seen you now that you know what to expect, like, dude, that it's a true test. It is a true test of skill and talent and all sorts of other things. And I mean, and it and it's so important. I mean, we see that breakout. I mean, the guy when you, you talked about it right there. Guys, when they know how to really train for the NFL, they you know how to take care of their bodies, how to rest, recuperate, and everything like that, they, they really start to grow up. And that's when and that's when you see that it's kind of like that perfect point where the hits haven't haven't compiled up on them and they're they're still they've still got those fresh legs that we love to talk about. So, he, you know, that's where you see the explosive years that come out of there, you know, and, and this class that the the class that we're talking about is the 2022 class. So and these guys that are going into, into their second year. It wasn't as ballyhooed as a class as the one that we've got 
yeah, coming in with Bijan Robinson and those guys, but there are some guys that really popped up. And I, I'm gonna go go go. We're gonna go through some of them right here, and I wanted uh, I want to get some thoughts on them and kind of like the 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 outlook for them for this year. So number one, he was the highest ranked uh, rookie last year uh, by the well uh, highest finish with, uh, Kenneth Walker. I mean, he had over a thousand yards. He had a thousand fifty yards caught in rush for nine touchdowns. Didn't catch as much 27 receptions for 165 yards right now. He's going at ADP as the RB five. So far, he doesn't have a lot of competition. He, he, you know, he ended up taking the get, taking the gig last year from Rashad Penny. When it talk, when you talk about Walker, what what's what's your excitement level for him this year? I mean, I'm pretty excited, man. I mean, even with the expectation that they'll add depth behind him, because I mean, Rashad Penny going over to Philadelphia, he's already out of the picture. And if I remember correctly, I think Travis Homer is now a member of the Bears, so they're yeah. going to have to do a little bit of something there. But like. Walker showed that he can be that type of Nick Chubb player that despite the fact that there's not going to be a ton of receiving work to speak of, the floor is going to be high enough for your fantasy teams just because he runs so well and runs so efficiently and they trust him with a lot of carries when he's healthy. And I think the other really cool thing that he has going for him in the grand scheme of just the entire ecosystem of the offense is that Geno Smith is going to be back. So we don't have to worry about the hypothetical of there being a new young quarterback in there right away. So even if Seattle does end up selecting a quarterback, it's going to be Geno Smith for a while. So that level of continuity, great for pretty much everybody involved in the Seahawks offense. So, I mean, I, dude, I'm still, I, I'm not sure quite how I feel about Kenneth Walker's price in Dynasty, per se, but at least as far as just looking ahead to this year specifically, I have no doubts or concerns. What have you been getting? What kind of offers are you seeing out there when it comes to Walker and Dynasty and Dynasty leagues? I can't really speak to that because unfortunately I don't have any Kenneth Walker on any of my teams. <laughs> it's you know, but I mean, we did a, we did a podcast over about it uh, over at Draft Sharks about it a little while ago, and you know, so keep in mind I've been just knee deep doing a lot of the uh, the incoming rookie profile stuff, so I haven't quite kept up with the Dynasty market. But like, dude, Ken Walker was like, I think RB three last time we checked and all that stuff. And I'm just like, bro, like for a dude wow. that doesn't catch passes, I don't know if I really want to go that hard with it. Like no offense to the guy. I mean, everything I just said is still true. But like, if we're going to put together dynasty ranks for half or full PPR, I don't really want a guy that doesn't catch passes that high. But I don't know. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, man. I don't blame anybody for valuing him as high as they do just because, like, he's super good. So I get it. <laughs> he's a great runner. I mean, I remember last year, Graham Barfield uh, ranked him as his best run, the best rusher in this class uh, in his yards created, though he put Brees Hall ahead of him because he had the better better landing spot. Uh, Ken Walker definitely definitely exploded. Uh, had it, had himself a good year. Only one of 2,000-yard rushers. The ADP, you know, just the the uh, the ADP or or the ECR ranking right now at, as the RB five, uh, you know, just for redraft, it feels if it, it feels like it could be right, but it could be a little high. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if he's going to blow up, it's going to be this year, and hopefully, yeah. I could I could see it, man. You know, and I think I think part of that feeling of it, you know, maybe being a little bit too high comes with the territory of the fact that, I mean, like I said, he's kind of a Nick Chubb type 
where, you know, like everybody loves Nick Chubb. You know, anytime we talk about players like that, it's just like one of the best, one of the best pure runners in the NFL. You know, like we love those guys, but you know, it depends on your scoring format. You know, like if you're going to rank a guy with that, you know, production profile, like that high, you're kind of just banking on there being like a ton of touchdowns to supplement the fact that they're not going to catch a ton of passes, which like, I guess could be feasible for somebody like Ken Walker. I mean, I don't know. We were all pretty surprised at how good the Seahawks offense was last year and they made the playoffs. So it's not like we're talking about just some scrub team where, you know, because there were a few years with the Browns there where it was just like, oh, well, how often are they going to get close enough for Chubb to punch it in? Like, that's the key difference between the two here. Like, I definitely feel better about this Seahawks offense than we did about, you know, the Bay Baker Mayfield led Browns offenses for a little bit there. So, I mean, distinction there for sure. But, yo, redraft purposes, love me some Ken Walker. Oh, man. Well, one guy, one guy that just kind of surprised, and I, I grabbed him. I, I grabbed him on a couple of dynasty teams kind of late. And uh, he actually helped me go to the finals in uh, on a team that lost Javante Williams, Tyler Algier from the Falcons, uh, the other thousand yard rusher. Uh, among the rookies from the 2022 class, 1,035 yards, three touchdowns, had a nice run there at the end. He was, you know, he finished strong, finished well during the fantasy playoffs. He was kind of running by himself. You know, Cordero Patterson wasn't, uh, wasn't as much of a factor down, down the end of the season. I know we're hearing some Bijan Robinson talk, but you know, when it comes to the, the Falcons, they do love to run the ball. I mean, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, you know, bullish on him if he can avoid a major running back addition. He's the RB25 right now and number 64 overall in ECR. What, what, what are your thoughts on him? I think that price is pretty appropriate. Like you said, if he does avoid there being the presence of somebody like a B. John Robinson, like the dude showed that he's a really good runner, man. You know, like there, there's going to be concerns about what that Falcons offense can be, whether it's Desmond Ritter or if he struggles, you know, Taylor Heineke takes over playing quarterback or something. But like that's kind of that risk is priced in to the point where like, you know, be, being in that high end RB3 range. I mean, like that's about what you, you know, it's about what you'd expect. So I'm not entirely sure if the disappearing act of Cordero Patterson is going to continue for you know mm. next year and well i was about to say next year and beyond but with how old cordero <laughs> patterson is i don't know that there is much of a beyond but yeah i mean it's a pretty important he is a pretty important player for that offense particularly because we've already seen the falcons like add pieces here and there bringing in certain receivers but like that's just it's a lot of depth guys it's like not a ton of super high impact type signings. So with all of the moves that they've made so far, there would still be a need for a guy like Cordero Patterson, just so that way Ritter has someone to throw to. And if I remember correctly, Kyle Pitts tore his ACL pretty late in the season there. So, I mean, like, who knows if he's going to be ready right away. I haven't really checked in on anything about that specifically, but like either way, at least as far as Tyler Algier, uh, Algier goes, that dude can run, man. That dude can run. I really hope that he can maintain his status on that depth chart because he was a lot of fun. He's a big time runner. Now, one thing about uh, um, just one thing about Pitts, it wasn't a torn ACL. It was a knee injury, but it was a it, he. Uh-huh. So he didn't have that as long a rehab on uh, as far as him is concerned. So, oh, um, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> 
because that that's yeah exactly we don't we don't need that we don't need that um it's bad enough the tight end landscape's bad enough but algier i mean he's that big banger that that i think can be a factor i think he'll be a factor in the red zone again as again as long as they 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 avoid some you know somebody like that i think i think cpat is going to be more of a hybrid guy again but um yeah, oh, man. Want to welcome in some amigos into the chat. So uh, before we go on to the next guy, Mr. Scampers saying a big shout out to Mr. Scampers. Como estas, mi amigo? El gato, el gato. Happy opening day tomorrow. I'm wearing this one for, for all the Dodger fans out there. So all, all the Los Doyers fans. Uh, for Albert, orale. how are you? How are you? And oh my God, north of the border, Toronto, Dave in the house. Dave, oh my goodness! Thank you, thank you for joining us. And Peng's picks, muchas gracias. Uh, yeah, we we'll, we all squirm for for Herms, squirm for Herms. That's that's <laughs> that's a good one. So and Toronto, yes, quietly productive for Tyler Algier, very much quietly productive. So uh, so thank you everybody for joining us. Please keep throwing your your comments in the chat, and uh, we're just gonna keep having fun here. Uh, looking at the next guy. This was one that was one of my home runs from last year, Damian Pierce for the Houston Texans over uh, he had 939 yards on and four touchdowns last year, 30 receptions for 165 yards. So a decent year. He did miss four games with a sprained ankle at the end of the season. And now he has to deal with Devin Singletary in the running back room. I was really excited, but I really wanted him to, not get any additions in, in free agency. Uh, is, is this is, does that concern you? That move? Yeah, it did. And then I tweeted about it, and I think people kind of got mad. But you know, it's one of those things, dude. Okay, so when the Singletary signing happened, I saw a lot of people reacting. Is this like, oh, this is good? And I'm like, okay, well, Damian Pierce was a volume dependent running back to at least in terms of the contributions that he would get because like the Texans offense wasn't very good and he needed all of those carries to compile those stats for your team. And then he wore down as the year went along, you know, he kind of, you know, faded out a little bit and to which people were like, Oh, what are you talking about? You know, it's just the, the ankle injury. That's not really burning out. I'm like, well, that game against the commanders and that game against the dolphins. I can't remember which one came first, but there was that two week window there where I think he ran the ball like 15 times for a collective, like 13 yards or whatever. Oh, remember yeah. that? Like, yeah. He, Cause he had never exceeded that, you know, certain number of carries when he played in college at Florida, because the offense that he belonged to in college was a very annoying, like three or four headed monster of a committee. So, it was inevitable that Damian Pierce was going to have at least somebody added there. And, you know, like, the, which a fair thing that a lot of people pointed out, just like we kind of expected something to happen. But then the refrain about the Singletary signing was like, oh, well, Singletary's not good, so this is good. I'm like, okay, well, regardless of what we feel about Devin Singletary, he showed that he can carry a rather sizable workload playing for the Buffalo Bills in his career. I think he went over, you know, 200 touches each of the last couple of years. Like, regardless of what we think of him, like, it's a guy that is capable of shouldering a big load, which is an immediate threat to somebody like Damian Pierce. And they already needed not just somebody behind Pierce, but just like a whole group of people behind Pierce. Like, the whole position group as a whole lacked depth. So there's nothing really stopping them from continuing to ask somebody on like day two or day three of the NFL draft either. 
it takes them out of the running for somebody like Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs or something. But like, there's a lot of really quality guys in this draft, and there's probably going to be a third head in that monster. We'll end up seeing. But yeah, uh, if you treat Damian Pierce appropriately and you you kind of just measure your expectations, then like, yeah, he's probably going to be pretty good. You know, we're t- maybe more of a flex guy this year. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. If he punches it into the end zone, great. If he doesn't and you're playing in like a standard scoring league, like you're good. It's fine. But I, the odds of him reaching the heights that he did at points last year, I think are kind of gone. Yeah. And you mentioned the, the, those games week 11, Washington, uh, 10 carries, eight yards. And then the following week at, at Miami, uh, five carries, eight yards. I mean, he, he, righted the ship after that you know went for 73 yards against cleveland cleveland was giving up yards on the ground all over the place dallas also he got he got 78 yards and that was the game where he got injured but um 22 carries so i mean kind of he had that but yeah i mean he was hit he was definitely hitting the wall and you're right he was a guy who just uh had never seen that kind of workload and i and he's the guy i keep get i keep i keep hearing i've heard a couple of comps and i and that was i I'm very proud that I was one of the first people to make the comp Roshan Johnson to him, the guy who doesn't get a lot of work and maybe is a guy that gets uh, that, that, that gets a featured role and, and goes with some, I think you're right. I think Devin Singletary is going to eat into his, eat, eat into his touches a little bit. Um, I could still see him getting, you know, total touches in the 200, you know, low 200, 200, 225 uh, thereabouts. Um but I, I can see Singletary still getting 100 to 150 to just to take the edge off. I think it's going to, I mean, it's going to drop his ADP a little bit because right now his his ADP is number 44 overall. He's going to be RB19. I think, I think by the time the summer comes around, I think that's going to come down. Yeah, at, at that price now, I'm definitely not feeling it. But if, yeah, if it goes down a little bit and we manage our expectations properly, then like, absolutely. But like 19, dude, RB19, bro. I'm not doing that. No, no, no. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a little rich. I, I'm hoping. I think. I think earlier I was. Uh, I saw an ECR on him in the 60s, where uh, six, hmm. number six, number 60 overall. You know, 60 to 64, some of thereabouts. And I was like, okay, I could see that. I could. I could dive in with him on that one. But uh, 44. That that seems a little rich. So, oh, just qu- uh, a quick hello, Dame Overboard. Yes, hola. Hola, Hola, la dama, la dama, and and yes, Mr. Scampers go Dodgers. So yeah, we're, we're Nats and Dodgers. We want them to win tomorrow. So they're not playing at the same time. So vamos, vamos. Um, you know, you mentioned so, you mentioned someone who's got a lot of heat around him, and I mean, when a guy scores a touchdown in the in the Super Bowl, has has a nice little late season run. Now, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, at, you know, it's funny. In August, one of my one of the tweets, one of my tweets that got a lot of uh, one of my funny tweets that got a lot of play. I just saw a, a, a stops, not a stop sign, a, a street sign that said Pacheco Way, and I was like, I was like, oh, the the hype has already started for this guy, and people lo- people seem to love that one. But <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco, he's uh, you know he he finished the season strong was only a factor on the ground, eight hundred and thirty rushing yards, five touchdowns. Uh, you know, kind of got. Red zone probably not as much as you'd like to see as a guy who's gonna get who's gonna be getting this many uh you know who in, in this kind of offense lost some carries to uh Jarek McKinnon he's right now the RB twenty seven over and number seventy two overall 
they still haven't re-signed McKinnon. Yeah, uh, you know, do, do you, I mean, do you see someone kind of coming in and and relegating Pacheco to maybe being at best an RB two, but a flex play? It's possible, you know. I mean, like you said, the McKinnon not being there as we currently speak, very good news. So, like, you know, if that continues to be true, then like huge thing going in his favor. But as far as Pacheco goes, dude, like, well, also, first of all, like, you know, I know that we don't care nearly as much about him anymore as we used to, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire still exists. And if we remember correctly, toward the beginning of the year, there was a time when he was healthy that he was just punching in touchdowns. Just like that was his thing. Even if that was like the only thing he did during like for the offense during those games, they schemed up those teaches for, uh, touches for CEH. So like, you know, like can't argue with that, but you know, barring some like big investments from like a day two guy or something from the chiefs. Like I still feel pretty good about Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, it, from a dynasty perspective, like you always got to be worried about the dude, that, like, yeah. you know, seventh round pick, the, you know, undrafted free agent, like, you know, type you know, level of running backs and stuff. Like that hit rate is not high, not high at all. And the last thing you want to do is convince yourself, because uh, we saw what happened with James Robinson, where it's just like, all right, here we go. We found the outlier. Everything's fixed. Doesn't matter. I don't need to hear any other previous examples of this. It's never going to stop. And then it stops because the NFL replaces you with somebody with, you know, a little higher pedigree, quote unquote, a little more college production, stuff like that. But like, like until those wheels come off for your redraft teams, for your best ball teams, Isaiah Pacheco's on arguably the best offense. I mean, like you said, they just mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl. So pretty hard to argue against that. You know, there's, there can only be one of those teams every year. So like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm here for it. I don't want to get like too excited just because I think we've seen time and time again, like, with the chiefs and I guess like to some degree a little bit with the bills, but for different reasons, like, you know, like high powered offenses, like great for opportunities, you know, of course you want to be in a good offense. If you want to score, you know, at least have the potential to score a ton of fantasy points, but like the chiefs running back hasn't mattered quite as much as, you know, certain other things, but I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole. Cause that's a whole separate discussion, but yeah, for now, thumbs up Isaiah Pacheco. Oh man. And, and yes, then which has gracias, Jay G men, Jay. Yeah, uh, much love, brother. Much love. Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Uh, you know, that yeah, you when you threw out the James Robinson uh, comp, I mean, right there, James Robinson. I mean, a few a few years earlier, Philip Lindsay. Yeah, yes. I mean, uh, I mean, I I really think they're going to add to that room. And you know what, Jarek McKinnon is still out there. So he's still a free agent. So there is the possibility he gets re-signed back. Maybe the Chiefs are waiting to see what happens, to, what comes to them in the NFL draft. I mean, they're a team that can actually, uh, you know, they really refurbished their defense a lot last year. And, um, I mean, they're going to add. But, man, I just uh, I, I want to I see them uh, be unopposed. But I, I can't see it. I can't see it. And they definitely didn't t- trust him in the, in the air. but. The one thing about it, when he's on the field, he's going to get the ball because he's ne- and and it, I mean, he's going to have running room because he's never going to see eight men in a box, and I mean, see, and they've got a good offensive line, both really good guards and centers, so they're going to be able to they're going to be able to move 
move, you know, open holes for him. So, uh, I still like, you know, Pacheco is kind of like a sneaky thousand yard rusher next year. Um, you know, and, and the second guy to be kind of like that, that, you know, that slash kind of Jerick McKinnon, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, if he lives up to that, that, uh, his his pedigree now that's the thing about about ceh it's gonna be year four so it's kind of like he's got to he's got to put up or shut up and be that guy uh if he wants to get a fifth year contract because he is a first round draft pick so sometimes those guys they get they they get a little bit uh scared into actually getting themselves ready so uh yes and uh <laughs> jay you're not kidding about this what this wonderful chat you know just love this love this some of the some of my favorite people in here so much of the guys just for joining us um you know what this one's in your backyard brian robinson probably should have been comeback player of the year i mean i, I know geno yeah. smith but just being able to come back come back from a gunshot wound only missed four games. Had himself had himself a decent year. Uh, you know, he ended up with 797 yards, two touchdowns. Not he's he's not rehabbing this year. So hopefully, you know, every everything continues well. The question is, is he going to be featured? And they still have Antonio Gibson there. Um, kind of the tea leaves in your neck of the woods. Uh, and you hearing anything on Brian Robinson? Maybe not so much about Brian Robinson, but just like see your point about Antonio Gibson. Like, I feel like that whole experiment's kind of just like over, you know, like first coming into the league, that quote from Ron Rivera. Look, okay, if Ron Rivera had just never said we could see him filling some sort of Christian McCaffrey role, I feel like this whole like we would have been fine as a as a fantasy football society. We would have been better off if Ron Rivera had not uttered those words. <laughs> but you know, dude, I don't know. Like, and I'm glad that you know we're not seeing nearly as many of the Antonio Gibson truthers going to battle on the Twitter timeline as often because you know, like at a certain point, you just have to throw your hands up and say, like, okay, all right, fine, it's over at least as far as you know him being like a superstar on the commanders is concerned he's still young enough he could go somewhere else who knows like i'm not declaring antonio gibson's like the remainder of his career dead by any means but i think it's pretty clear from what we saw last year that it's like this is brian robinson's backfield you know like now that said they're gonna need to add somebody there because you know for similar reasons like we were talking about with the Mm -hmm. texans but not quite to the same extent like depth is an issue i know that like jd mckissick's already gone and much beyond that, they had a couple of guys that they called up from the practice squad at different times that were like, okay, but they really need to address that position group. Like I know when like a few of the mock drafts that I've seen, like cornerbacks, a huge need for them tackle offensive line stuff, like still a huge need linebacker as well. But like, I've seen more than a few uh, mocks where they're just like, huh, maybe B. John Robinson would be fun. And I'm just like, you know, like that would be such like a Ron Rivera thing to do, <laughs> like such a commander's thing to do. I, I could see it. But at least with that, probably not happening because those other needs that I mentioned are definitely of greater importance. Like, I'm I'm here for Brian Robinson, dude. I'm not, I'm not really that worried about Gibson. I'm not really worried about, you know, even if they do add depth behind it, like we saw B-Rob, like when he finally made it back and like really started to get rolling, like he was the dude, like, the flex spot in your lineup. If you just like didn't know what to do and you were just like, oh, what about blah, blah, blah. Just Brian Robinson, bro? Like, 
Like he'll just he'll run for just enough yards to be super helpful, and he managed to just fall into the end zone routinely. It was wonderful. Like oh. he's so good at doing that stuff, man. I'm absolutely here for it. It's going to be weird to see with Sam Howell, but again, that's a whole other rabbit hole. I can't go down right now because if I start <laughs> if I start going down that rabbit hole, I will not stop talking. But yes, thumbs up for Brian Robinson. Big fan. I hope to see him succeed. I, I think you're right. I mean, uh, I, I, I think I think the the Bijan landing spot that we keep talking about is something that uh, you know we just don't know because uh, there's not the perfect landing spot unless he falls all the way to the Bengals at you know at what 28 or something like that. Uh, I know. Well, I, I know. I know from a fantasy perspective, you love. Uh, we'd all love that. I, I I don't know how much the Steeler Nation would love that. So um, that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh but yeah i mean you're right they they have needs they've been beaten up over the in the air over the years but um yeah man uh, but yeah you're right jay it would be great and by the way happy opening day eve to you too uh but it would be very much a riverboat kind of riverboat ron kind of thing uh ooh, uh you know the 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 panthers fan just saying uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be a shocker with with riverboat ron would would not a shocker in the least uh you know what the next one had a bit, you know, had somewhat of an addition. James Cook got got uh, got a running mate in free agency, but I mean, it's somebody. Gosh, I mean, every down back. I mean, is it? Uh, I, I I'm I want to look I want to look through the peephole and just be like and and say that he gets an Austin Eckler kind of role where he ends up getting like a thousand total yards between rushing and receiving and gets, you know, and somewhere in eight to 10 touchdowns and is a really big factor in PPR. Uh, am I a little, am I being overly over, overly uh, hopeful? It's I dude, it's tough to say right now, especially because like I, the thing I really need to find out personally is that like, I I want I need to know the validity of the comment that Sean McDermott made not long ago, uh, Bills head coach, uh, yeah. about Josh Allen's play style and how like at a certain mm-hmm. point like hey man like maybe stop doing the reckless running thing, which you know like not to say that he's just gonna stop running entirely because like why would you just waste that significant of a facet of his game like of course not, but at least as far as like how that would affect the running backs potentially is just like, like that's the thing that's been stopping like the fantasy value of bills running backs is when you get in close, what is the likeliest thing that the bills are going to do in the red zone? It's probably just going to be Josh Allen barreling over people and just taking it in himself. If they want to be more conservative with him, then like, yeah, that will immediately boost the fantasy upside of all of these guys. Now, like you said, James Cook did see somebody come in and, you know, that person being Damian Harris, like, you know, do he has shown through his career in New England, like he could be a pretty effective goal linebacker. So even if they do change up kind of some of the kind of things, bring in the reins a little bit on Josh Allen, I feel like that'll just be more of a big thumbs up for Harris than Cook. But, you know, if they don't, manage to add much else to the wide receiver room josh allen is going to have to throw to somebody else because like now don't get me wrong stefan Diggs, that dude's great Dawson knox they've got a connection allen denoxages leg all the time every day love it but like the gabe davis thing a lot of people were super excited about it kind of only paid off once last year which was against the steelers so that was cool thanks 
Gabe Davis. But uh, <laughs> but like, but beyond that, it was just like, okay, well, I guess maybe he can't be the reliable wide receiver too in this offense. So it's like if the Bills don't go out and get a Quinton Johnson during the draft, they don't draft you know, Frederick Maryland's own Jordan Addison, you know, like we'll see. But like I, I James Cook could be a pretty interesting guy for that also because if I remember correctly, oh, what was his name? Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, he's gone. Now, yes. Jamison Crowder, he is also gone. A big feature of this offense is the slot receiver. Now, you know, fairly, you know, short, intermediate area of the field type stuff that we're talking about. Like, not super high A dot, but like, you know, maybe that's Khalil Shakir, but maybe they kind of supplement that type of value and dimension to the, you know, mechanisms and scheme of the offense by dumping it off to the running back. From that standpoint alone, I will say there is a path for Cook. But it's for all the other reasons I laid out, like how much does it matter if the end zone opportunities are kind of capped, you know? Oh, you're not kidding. And I'm a quick shout out to Amigo, our our amigo, drop the mic. Happy opening day tomorrow. Wearing this one for you, too. So making sure to say hello. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're right. Gosh, I mean, to, to see him get those those you know screen passes those five to ten yard uh shots the that stuff that you get a slot receiver for that would just be so sexy and i think it would be fantastic for james cook and and uh you're right if he if 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 josh allen slows down and doesn't doesn't do those crazy plays to uh in the red zone where he just throws his body with no abandon you know, maybe I, I think that the greater the greater possibility is Damian Harris is going to get that because he is only a year removed from a year where he scored, I think it was 15 touchdowns. So uh, definitely in the teens, it had himself, you know, had himself a great year usurped by Ramondre. Mm, I mean, I, I think this is kind of like a thunder and lightning com- kind of combination. I think uh, yeah. I, I really hope James Cook gets get some lightning. Uh, the next guy, I'm, I'm really curious about this one because uh, – you know, we do not besmirch the name of Rojo. We do not besmirch the name of Rojo, Ronald Jones. Uh, R- Rashad White played against, played played in front of him for a while, then uh, supplanted him. Rojo ended up getting a Super Bowl ring with the with the Kansas City Chiefs. So we went, we in there. Rashad White, one of the uh, the leader in and receptions among the r- rookie running backs last year 50 receptions 290 yards had himself a good all-around year 179 total touch touches and uh, with uh, 481 rushing yards but this is a rebuilding offense with baker mayfield and uh, there's no Leonard fournette anymore who is still a free agent by the way but um I, I, this is one for me. I'm this is one where I'm worried they're going to add a running back on like day, you know, late day two or during day three, and that's going to eat into his production. I, oh, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to yeah. feel. <laughs> Dude, like Rashad, he he's so much fun though. He's so know? good. Like, oh my god. Yes. Was, was there a did, was was there a uh, last part of that question there? I felt like I cut you off by accident. No, 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 you didn't. You didn't feel free. Okay, Go cool. for it. Well, Cause I felt really bad for a second there, but yeah. So like, dude, so full disclosure. All right. I was, uh, I did the Hayden health, mental health part with the uh, FF face off crew last summer. And it was cool. Cause I got to be on the show with Rashad white and he was super nice. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like, Oh my God. So like, you know, of course I'm going to root for the guy, man. Like he's cool. You know, so, like, 
just that being established, it it clouds my judgment of him because I got to meet him kind of, and it was like super nice and like super friendly. But some of the criticisms that I've seen, you know, like on top of the fact, like you mentioned, like rebuilding offense, like who knows, like post Tom Brady world, how good are they going to be? I have even more concerns about the fact that they have to not like entirely rebuild the offensive line, but yeah. like they do have to continue to add some depth to it because like, man, with a lot of the injuries that they sustain, like, you know, Ryan Jensen, if I remember correctly, the center, like, you know, he got hurt, like right out of the gate training camp, didn't even come back. Like it was cool that he even came back, you know, when they made the playoffs, but like it's, too little, too late by that point. And then, you know, losing a lot of the guys to free agency that they did last year. Like, bro, they 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 have to continue to address that. Like, I remember, like, Donovan Smith was a guy that got thrust into, like, a pretty, you know, impact role on that offensive line. I think they moved him out to tackle. Oh, he already man. got released. So, like, they're going to have to continue to piece that together. Like, when people talk about what Rashad White did last season, they'll mention the fact it's like, oh, well, he was he was terribly inefficient as a runner. I'm like, well, yes, so was Leonard Fournette. That was like a hallmark, you know. That's I don't know how much of that had to do with them as it did with just the offensive line was garbage. As someone who roots for a team with a garbage offensive line, I can tell you <laughs> that it makes a big difference no matter how talented the running back is behind it. You know, like... Najee's my guy, you know, but there's a reason that he struggled because the Steelers didn't have anybody to block for him. It's the same problem that the Buccaneers had last year. And I don't know. I, I, I can't say. I don't know what to think about. Like, it's just it, we're going to need to see how much they continue to add to that. And like you said, like somebody's going to be there. I don't know that this is going to be like giddy up Keyshawn Vaughn season. Here's finally right. his opportunity. Don't really see that, but like. I have too many questions. I have too many questions about Rashad White. I, I want I want good things for him, but uh, the the one thing that I think is is playing in his favor that the definitely you mentioned the offensive line help. They need to replace some guys on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think they need so much help for in the draft that they might avoid the running back position and just kind of and you know or maybe just wait until you know day three and they don't have like a high caliber uh high caliber running back coming in and playing with them so uh and but i think also the other thing is you still got chris godwin and mike evans on that on that offense so he's not going so they're going to be taking some shots. Another guy who's not going to be seeing eight men in a box because they're going to have they they have to respect the wide receivers uh, who are top notch, both top twenty wide receivers. Uh, so I, that's the thing I, I I like about his possibilities. So um, so that that that's one. This next one would probably would have been number one on this list, Brees Hall, <laughs> um, if he hadn't gotten hurt. But that's the if. And as one of my primos, Hector, uh, primo Hector loves to say, there's no if in fantasy football. So, <laughs> so, uh, but you know what? 463 yards in just seven games. So, uh, where he, and he took over the job, you know, early in the season. So, Torres ACL, it's considered a clean tear. So not, 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 there was, there was just the ACL. There was not multiple ligament injuries like, like Javante Williams, which, you know, another guy in the other part of your backyard, J.K. Dobbins, uh, was really struggling coming back from his own, you know, ACL tear. Uh, you know, right now he's going as the RB11 number 20 overall. 
um, coming off of ACL surgery. That to me seems rich when you've got, I, I think someone, who, who do we have at number 24? Um, there was somebody, who, who did I see at number 20? Oh, I think it was uh, Kenneth Walker was number 24 hmm. on that one. But Brees Hall, I, I mean, that seems a little a little high for him, for me. I mean, unless unless he's running with the ones at the beginning of training camp, it, it, it's hard to expect a guy to you know come back at less you know when the season starts at less than a year removed from that uh, ACL surgery. What I mean, I know people are going to be you know excited about that offense, but what are you? Uh, what what's some of your feelings? Yeah, one of the things that I've really picked up as time has gone along is just to be not like super skeptical by any means, but just like don't assume like, oh, we're removed from the injury. You know, change Opresto, it's fine again. Ooh, magic. Like, I, mm, man, I don't know, dude. Like, like, yeah, okay, like the medical surgery and science and stuff has continued to progress. We hear these kinds of things all the time. When we talk about guys coming back from ACL tears, I mean, we even got a taste of it talking about players who tore their Achilles. We hear just like the, the medical field, all of these things. Look at these guys now. Oh, it's, it's a case-by-case -case basis, dude. And like you said, cool thing about Brees Hall is that clean tear. We don't have to worry about the meniscus. We don't have to worry about the other stuff, and especially with the meniscus because, like, you know, not even just, you know, with, uh, with football players, but, I mean, like, I know, like, baseball players, that have meniscus injuries or whatever, like even though you come back because of how much you have to do with your legs, like there will be discomfort. You'll see guys struggle. And then what do they do? They have to go back in for a scope. They have to go back in just to clean it up one more time. And then you're like, well, damn. Okay. Well, I had the guy in my lineup and he was out there and he was okay, but you're telling me he's going to have another surgery. Oh, you know, dude, I will wait until I hear the news about Brees Hall. When we get to OTAs, when we get to camp and do all that, like the best way to assess these types of situations is to possess as much information as you can possibly get your hands on before mm -hmm. you have to make the decision, which is what, well, you know, like yeah, best ball is its own thing. You know, obviously, like doesn't, it doesn't really matter when you do a lot of those drafts. This is a fun time of year to be doing that stuff. But like for your redraft teams, like this is why I've always such a proponent of just like. Thursday night kickoff, usually there's that one lone game to kick off the season or whatever. I'm just like, bro, draft that weekend before, or if you want to, honestly, have your draft on that Wednesday night before the season kick off, like kicks off. Have the information in front of you. Now, like, look, if pre-saw is all good, I'm here for it. Like, the dude was electric. We already know what he can do. And, like, the backfield competition, like, Michael Carter, like, they served, like, fairly well in tandem somewhat. You know, I, I felt they were a fun duo. But, like, Carter's not going to take so much away that, like, Hall's going to be a waste by any means. But even then, can't get hypothetical because we don't have the information yet. So just wait. Just wait. Learn as much as you can. And, and I'm with you. If I'm drafting on, on the Wednesday before the first game, and it, and it looks like Hall's coming in, but I, you know, at, at number 20, that, at, that means you're probably drafting him as if you're drafting as your number one running back, I, I'm not going to recommend that. If you're drafting as your number two running back. Okay. But you know, have somebody, ha, have somebody at the ready to be your number two running back. And, and that's the thing. Then you also have to, you have to invest that draft capital early or get lucky with a rookie or something like that, or somebody takes over the job. And that's, 
that's why it's hard for me to make that kind of investment in Brees Hall unless the price starts to fall. And I don't know if the price is going to fall. When they get Aaron Rodgers, it's going to uh, – everybody – Garrett Wilson's going to go to the moon. Yeah. Even Alan Lazard's going to be – you know, getting people excited. I mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's – you know what? Recently I had, I had a conversation with uh, – uh, I'm forgetting his name, so I don't want to throw it out there. <laughs> uh, but he's he's with the fantasy doctors, and he he mentioned to me a, an interesting a, an interesting note that the last running back coming off an ACL to get to finish in the top ten in the first year coming off the ACL was Adrian Peterson in that two thousand yard season. That yeah. was that was fourteen years ago. So that's just like, yeah, you know, let's, uh, let's pump the brakes on it on big expectations. So, um, so a a couple guys that I want to ask you about one guy, but, uh, one guy that you already touched on, but, uh, a couple guys, do we have still hope for two guys in particular, Isaiah Spiller for the chargers, Jerome Ford, uh, with, the, with the Browns, considering the fact that there's no more at this time, no Kareem hunt there. Uh, Spiller, I mean, I know we're we're still waiting to hear what happens with Austin Eckler, but has the boat passed him? I mean, I, I don't, I can't see the Chargers going another. I think it'd be four years in a row if they if they draft another running back, <laughs> right? I mean, like, yeah, re-rolling and re-rolling again. That's yeah. At a certain point, you maybe have to stop taking those chances on those guys. You know, yeah. to your point, like because I saw like I was watching NFL Network earlier and I saw like Bucky Brooks had you know like the latest mock draft that he did. Uh, he had Bijan going to the Chargers, and I was like, "Like, would that like that'd be cool?" Like, don't get me wrong, but like, dude, <laughs> like, I don't think that I don't think they can afford to do that. To your point, and then also, I mean, like, Josh Kelly actually started to look okay at times, yeah, last year, and he was already name dropped by Kellen Moore once. So you know, I mean, it's off-season coach speak. So I mean, I'm not going to assign like a ton of value to that, but you know, yeah, Iron Spiller, man, like. I'm kind of giving up, which sucks because I took a lot of him in like the late second round of my rookie drafts last year. <laughs> but like, I, we'll see. You never know. I mean, maybe with the different the change at OC, maybe what Kellen Moore is going to install can play more to his skill set than what you know Joe Lombardi had in place. But like, we don't know. We don't know. Like, but at least for now, I can't really say. And then like Jerome Ford, the. I, I kind of liked him as a prospect. Like, he definitely has the burst. He definitely has some of the speed. But, like, I always felt like his vision was kind of questionable. I kind of just felt like he was one of those dudes, like, you pull back in the slingshot and he just goes, just reckless abandon. Right. I'm like, this is where I'm running, which, you know, like, cool. You know? And, like, I guess you can kind of do that in Cleveland a little bit. So, like, maybe. Like, the opportunity's there and they don't add anybody. Like, the guy behind Nick Chubb has value. So, like, if I'm picking between the two, I'm probably going to pick Ford just because you know like they both Ford and Spiller carried painfully low floors <laughs> but if we're going to talk about what the like the hypothetical ceiling of either one of them is like fewer things need to happen for Jerome Ford to potentially blossom than need to happen for Spiller for Spiller we're talking like two or three dudes potentially ahead of him that have to get hurt you know yeah, I think the one thing that's going to tell me if Spiller's got a shot is if is if the Chargers avoid running back at uh, or or even even an early running back. So yeah. in, in the draft, so that, but I can't I can't see them not not drafting anybody. You know, you always, uh, but Spiller, I want to. 
I want to believe, but man, I mean, I watched, I watched those charger games and it just wasn't pretty a lot of times. I mean, he just, uh, he, I know their line he had the big injury with Rishon Slater, but it was still, it's it still, you make up some, make, make up some of the, some of the plays on your own. So, uh, yeah. but speaking of making plays and you touched on him a second ago, he's not a year two guy, but he's a guy who had a thousand yard season last year as a year two running back. And uh, Najee Harris was able to, uh, you know, kind of battle through that, that foot injury that, that knocked that, that hurt him at the beginning of the season. Could this be a step forward season for him uh, if he's healthy? Cause they did, they have infested some in the line. They being the Steelers. Yes, dude. And I'm glad you mentioned it because I feel like a lot of people, even during the season, I feel like a lot of people were just overlooking the fact that, like you said, Najee was dealing with that foot injury. Like, it's cool that it didn't get any worse necessarily, but like, that was a real concern. Like, he looked pretty fine, all things considered. But like, I really, really like what the front office has been putting together. Like, you know, because this is the first offseason that Omar Khan fully has the GM job. You know, because they had you know, Kevin Colbert kind of stuck around, you know, held his hand through the NFL draft and then, you know, pieced out into retirement. But like Khan's putting his mark on this team, but also the assistant GM, whose name I cannot remember right now, which would it be really convenient if I could remember his name to make this point. But there was a guy that was uh, one of like the personnel director people over with the Eagles, which is like, you know, so you can kind of oh, tell yeah. that there's a little uh-huh. bit of that influence in there based off of the guys that they've already brought in, like Isaac Samalu, you know, over there from that Eagles offensive line that was so good last year. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Uh, Nate Herbig from the New York Jets, like super underrated signing. Like, I mean, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have per se, but like definitely measured out pretty well with the run blocking metrics. You get that little connection because, you know, Joe Douglas being the guy up there, he used to be in Philadelphia as well. There's kind of a, you know, at least, you know, strategic connection there. So you can kind of see where it makes sense. Welcome to Pittsburgh. And then, We'll see what happens with the draft because that that pick, that first round pick, I really want it to be an offensive tackle. We'll Please. have to see. Oh my god! Like, if it means they have to trade up to get Broderick Jones or Paris Johnson or somebody like that, fine. Hey, Philadelphia, what are you doing with the number 10 overall pick? Would you be interested in 17 and some extra draft picks? Yes, please. Like, I would absolutely like. Th- th- Honestly, that's just my dream scenario. That's kind of if they can't, if the Steelers can't move up, then like fine, take a cornerback or something. But I just want them to move up and take a tackle. But long-winded yes the additions that they've made are specifically to address the run blocking of the offensive line like those are the two guys that they brought in are specifically very good at that facet of things indicates to me that's the direction that they want to go and that's pittsburgh steelers football baby you got to smash mouth and do the thing with defense on the other side and just like, uh, and by the way, Toronto Dave made the great, great notation. Najee looked a lot better after the after the bye week. Yes, it, it seemed like his foot was all the way healthy, and he. I mean, to me, when a guy's got a warrior mentality and he plays through something, plays through a foot injury, to me that says something about him. So I want to bet on him this year. And and plus, we know that Tomlin likes to throw, likes to use and use the bell cow. So that's why. And, and oh, by the way, we were talking about number twenty four. Najee's number twenty four behind Brees Hall. I'm going to take Najee over Brees Hall in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. The question, I mean, yeah, because like you said, we already kind of went over the question marks of Brees Hall, but if we're going to weigh that against what is probably going to look better for Najee, like, bro, like, I, I'm here for it, as, at least as far as things stand right now. 
I'm absolutely here for that, dude. You know, and and like like TD said, shout out TD toward the end of the season, that like it was a point of emphasis during that bye week from Matt Canada trying to save his ass from being fired from that job <laughs> at Austin <laughs> offensive coordinator. They had to right the ship with the rushing attack. Like it was so like he honestly can't afford to not have a good game, a uh, good run game and keep his job at this point. It is like, I'm amazed that he kept his job, frankly. So like even just taking it, you know, off, you know, the field of play and just onto the sideline. I think that's another reason people should be excited is because it's like the dude in charge of calling the plays is trying to make sure he keeps having a job. He's incentivized to make sure that Najee Harris is good. <laughs> Oh man. All right. Well, we got to close up shop, but I'm going to give you 30 seconds to not be smirched the name of Ronald Jones. Thank you very much. You know, and even though this began as a very strange bit with really no <laughs> intent of ever taking it this far, Ronald Jones <laughs> is super good at playing professional football, even if he doesn't get on the field very much and he gets buried on death charts. You know what he has that a lot of other people don't? Two Super Bowl rings. That's right. For all we know, he could be the guy in the locker room that everybody's like, oh, look at that. It's my man, Ronald. Perhaps the impact of you know his presence even goes beyond the football field. So you know what? I don't care if he never sees the field in Dallas. I don't care if they draft somebody and he only suits up maybe three times. He is the heart and soul of every football team that he is on. And you do not be smirched the name of Ronald Jones. <laughs> he, he's a good luck charm. He's a good luck charm. He must charm. be, honestly. I... That there's no other explanation at this point because, like, my original purpose for the whole thing, like, I've been proven wrong. Maybe not that good of a running back, but for some reason, it keeps working wherever he goes. So, look, there's there's merit to it. There is merit to it. Oh man! Oh, I love to. I, I love to. I, I love it when tears are coming out and and, and, and I'm laughing. So, uh, yes, and we we definitely say suck it to all haters. Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna yeah. hate. So, uh, mi amigo, uh, one more time. I I, I uh, we're gonna close up shop. I want you to. I, I want you also to give a shout out to the lateral show. Oh yeah, yeah. So I decided to bring back my uh, my podcast. It's uh, it's not fantasy based, you know, per se, because you know, like I got myself a platform over at the Draft Sharks. You know, like I can do my fantasy during the day and my regular football talk at night on Thursdays, uh, usually somewhere between like nine and ten p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you know, it's it's me and two other people, three topics. You just you talk about stuff, and then the show ends. You know, it's just some nice, clean fun with bad words talking about the NFL. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know we got we got to get a, get a night where uh, I'm gonna I'll bring a little familiar action. So yes, uh, you know, you know, I always I'm always gonna make time for Herms. So uh, mi amigo. So uh, again, familia, make sure you're following Herms at Herms NFL and find his uh, draft sharks and make sure you're like, you're giving a like and subscribe to uh, the lateral show, because uh, honestly, it's one of the great intros that you're going to hear anywhere. And uh, it just, every, everything is top notch when it comes to Herms. So uh, mad love for you, brother. Thank you again. Uh, thank you everybody for everybody in the chat muchas gracias for joining us and uh again make sure you're giving us a like and subscribe at familia ffb on youtube uh familiaffb.com oh my goodness the chat was just awesome today um yes make sure you're going going to familia ffb 
uh, on, on Instagram, Facebook, and it's all there. It's all there. So make sure you're, you know, you're giving us, oh my goodness, there's so much good stuff going on here. Um, and uh, also the audio version, go to Anchor. Go to yeah, go to Anchor, subscribe, Apple, Google, Spotify, much other guys for them. So everybody, happy opening day for baseball. You're going to start seeing some content coming out from me from baseball. So stay tuned a little bit there. So uh, check, keep an eye on my Twitter account. So you're going to see some fantasy baseball content. So it's going to be a good time. So uh, also, uh, so enjoy baseball. Enjoy this lead up to the NFL draft. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed it with my buen amigo. Always remember, familia. Todos somos familia. Salud.